You're listening to RTNT, Radio Totally Normal Toronto. My mental illness allows me to be more compassionate. I don't let it stop me from what I have to do in life. My mental health helps me relate to other people. I'm not afraid of it anymore. I am at peace with my mental illness. Mental illness saved my life. My mental illness has helped me learn about myself. It's given me a new outlook on life. Welcome to the April show of Radio Totally Normal Toronto on CJRU 1280 AM and CJRU.ca. I'm Julie. I will be your host for this April 14, 2021 episode number 35. Radio Totally Normal Toronto, or RTNT for short, is a voice for community mental health produced by the members and staff of Progress Place, a mental wellness clubhouse in downtown Toronto. Today we are going to speak on mental health and pets. First off, we're going to connect with staff and members of Progress Place to listen in on their roundtable discussion on the topic. We recorded this discussion over Zoom as the clubhouse is not currently open to record in our studio. Afterwards, we are speaking with Leanne Weber of the Lifeline Canada Foundation. They have an amazing program, among others, called Companion Paws Canada. Our roundtable discussion involves a group of animal-loving staff and members. We are really fortunate to be able to draw from their knowledge and experience around pets. It's difficult to know the true benefit of owning a pet until it's something you experience for yourself. This discussion was so fun to listen to that the paparazzi had to take a screenshot of the group. <laughs> Disclaimer, all recordings done for RT&T were using the Zoom platform to maintain social distancing through these times. This episode features perspectives and information that are not directly from RT&T. We are not health professionals who specialize in COVID-19 or any other physical health matters. If you have any questions about COVID-19, please visit the website for either Toronto Public Health or Public Health Ontario or contact your doctor directly for any health questions or concerns. This episode may contain conversations around suicide and suicide prevention. If you are in crisis, please call 911 or the Gerstein Crisis Center, if you're in Toronto, at 416-929-5200. Enjoy the following roundtable discussion on mental health and pets, featuring staff and members of Progress Place. Hi, welcome uh, to Progress Place's roundtable. Today, we are discussing having a pet and how that affects your mental health. Uh, my name is Charity. Hello, my name is Mark. Hi, I'm Janice. And I'm Claire. Hello, I'm Diana. All right. Okay, so the first question is, are you a pet owner and why did you choose that pet and how did that pet choose you? I guess I can start off. For many, many years, I really wanted a pet. I wanted a dog, like so badly. I would go for bike rides and see people out with their dogs, like watching the sunset with their dogs. And I thought, I want one, but I never thought I could because I thought 
I wouldn't be able to handle it. Like my lifestyle wouldn't be able to handle it. And then I started to get a little bit more serious about it where I would go to the Toronto Humane Society on my Saturdays off and uh, check out the dogs there. And I, it was about like a six to eight month process. And I remember somebody, actually one of the members at Progress Place, I said, oh, guess what? I'm rescuing a dog. And they said, oh, are you rescuing the dog or is the dog rescuing you? And that kind of stuck with me. And when I was looking for the dog, it was taking me like a really long time to find one. And I was getting frustrated and people kept telling me that like the, the right dog will come along when it's ready to come along. Like it will choose you. You almost don't choose the dog you put or the pet, you put your energy out there and, and you start looking for it. But when it's ready for you, it will come to you. Anybody, anybody have thoughts or comments or? I agree completely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When I talk to people, they talk when they're considering um, adopting, I, I always say, uh, let the dog come to you if there's a few around. Absolutely. They, they sense who they want to be with, who they want to live with. Yeah. 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 It's sort of like um, Twilight, where, you know, when the, the wolves, the werewolf team, <laughs> does anybody know Twilight, that. where the werewolf team gets imprinted and then like they're your mate for life. Anyways, I shouldn't quote Twilight if I don't actually know what I'm talking about. But having said that, it, it's very important to be uh, like puppies are all little, but they grow Some dogs grow quite hard and, you know. It's very important to know what to expect from that breed. Yeah, but sometimes you can't know either what what you're going to get because my dog, he was a puppy and, you know, he was a rescue. So he was a mix, a mishmash of everything. So sometimes it's sort of, yeah. I think, I think that like, it's a matter of you know, making that commitment and, and keeping to the commitment and also making the commitment of like trying to learn how to communicate with your dog because learning how to communicate with your dog is or animal is extremely important because that like there is a particular way that they understand what you're trying to say to them and Very to, true. um also knowing the breed doesn't mean you know your particular dog. Mm. Every dog's personality is going to be individual. Um, mm. I've had four Pomeranians and they've all been quite, quite different except for the commonality that Pomeranians are very noisy. Maybe I should have said um, when, when someone's adopting a puppy, they should be aware of the size the dog will be and uh, the, the amount of exercise and so on. Because yeah. People just say, oh, the puppy's so cute. And then it's like, they have a really big dog that needs a lot of exercise and they're not prepared or they don't have time. Absolutely, absolutely. Janice, you have a cat, right? Oh, yes. And we're talking about dogs, but do you think that the cats, um, or like, is your experience similar with cats? And have you had more than one oh, cat? Oh, yes. Well, it's kind of funny. I adopted my cat five years ago. He was actually originally an outdoor cat. 
and uh, people brought him in and got it fixed and everything. But I knew that day he was like, uh, there's something about this cat. Like I always love dogs and cats, but I particularly love cats. So I have a way of communicating with especially animal, dogs and cats, but this one here, he's a special cat. He's like, um, I just take care of him. Like basically, you know, talk to him and he answers me and he talks, you know, and he, I don't mm. know what he's saying, mm-hmm. but you know, I knew from day one, like he was my cat and he just, he's a Klingon. He loves me and I love him, you know, and he's a special cat to me actually. I've had him for five years now. I adopted him. Rescued him, actually. I guess we could all say I have a dog. His name is Sulu, and he's a rescue, and he is going to be six-ish in June. Claire, what do you what do you have? What, what what are your pets? I have three dogs, two Pomeranians named Sibia Pico and a lab named Maple. And I have three guinea pigs named Hockey, Marigold, and Prairie. And Janice, you have your cat. What's your cat's name? Winston. Diana, yeah. you you would what do you you have a dog? Yeah, I have a dog Spike. He's a Chihuahua duck. Sixteen how, years old. Sixteen. And Mark, what's what's your what's your deal with the with the animal situation? Um, I don't have a dog, but uh, my mom and I, we, uh, we dog sit um, a little couton. We dog sit him probably in the course of a year, maybe 60, 70 days. So I, I see a lot of him. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The second question we have is, has your mental health improved since having your pet? 100%. Absolutely. Can not make- only my mental health, but also my physical health. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because when they're puppies, well, always, but especially when they're puppies, they need to have so much exercise. Mm-hmm. And so I got, uh, I, I lost a lot of weight actually. And then um, mentally, yes. Uh, uh, you're taking care of, you're focused on um, another creature, somebody else, you're taking care of them. Um they're give you unconditional love whether you you know no matter what your mental health situation is you're having a challenging day um or a good day they're always there for you janice or claire any thoughts or comments on this uh yes it's helped me a lot like because when i'm not feeling good or something like that my cat will even come to me more and know and he has a habit of needing me a lot so it's helped me a lot basically. I find I've had a mixed experience with my mental health and pets because I have a lot of anxiety around their health and worrying about um, things that come up and and wondering if it's serious and um, then also losing a pet was very hard the last time I went through that. Mm. Um, And it's made it even harder to go to the vet and and see anything going amiss for fear that 
something might be serious. Mm. So um, while it's been really good for me, I find there there is some negatives to my mental health in having a pet, huh. though I would never trade it in. I would never want to not have a pet for that reason. Like the negatives would be when you lose a pet. Well, yeah, and uh, just the effects on my anxiety day to day if I see anything that, like my dog, Sibby, she recently had an eye infection and um, it worried me no end and going to the vet, I found difficult in terms of anxiety and um, things like that. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And Mark, when you when you get yeah, to babysit, do you notice a difference in your household? Yeah, when when uh, if Rossi, the name the dog's name is Rossi, uh, for instance, he's coming up next week. So just anticipating that he'll be up for a few days. You know, my mental health is <laughs> I already feel better. It's like having a little buddy coming over for a few days uh-huh. for a day over. So. Uh, it definitely improves uh, my mental health. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know for myself, um, I always lived in the West End of Toronto and then uh, I had moved to the East End. And for the first like year or two, I hated <laughs> I hated living in the East End mm-hmm. because everything I knew was in the West End. But once I got my dog, he really connected me to the community around me. Um, and it got me out, it got me exploring the East End, and now, like, I love the East End of Toronto, and I would never move back to the West End, because I just think that the East End is better. No offense to anybody who lives in the West End, Mm -hmm. Um, but, like, just the community aspect of it, like, I could say that significantly, like, increased my mental health, like, just knowing I'm going to go out, and I can run into people, and, like, now I have, like, you know, people that I can talk to on a daily basis um, just because they're in the neighborhood and they have dogs too. Uh, I think that's a pretty powerful thing. It connects you to community and community is definitely key in my in my opinion of um, helping with mental health. Yeah, I totally agree. My When, when uh, Rossi is staying for a few days, my mom takes, her, takes him out for a walk she's she's um got to know people that she would have otherwise never have met or talked oh yeah for sure it does it's it it helps um it's uh you socialize with people you would otherwise not socialize with so yeah um, absolutely even kids like my dog loves kids so like just seeing because he's a big dog and so when little kids want to like stop and they're like oh doggy I always say oh he can say hi if, if that's okay with the parents and they're usually you know cool with that and then just like seeing the interaction of how happy my dog is to be interacting with a small child and how happy that is like yeah. it just makes me feel like it leaves a long lasting warm afterglow you know what I mean yeah 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 it's it's awesome Anybody else have any more comments about this or should we move on to the next question? Um, yeah, sure, move on to the next question. Okay, cool. 
Do you have time to take care of a pet? Does the process of taking care of your pet improve your mental health? Yes, I have like, time, lots of time. <laughs> and does it, and how does it improve, like taking care of the pet, improve your mental health? Just someone to look after, like a child. He's, you know, you have to make sure he's fed, you know, he's got his kitty litter done, like, you know, and make sure he has what it needs, basically. Yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, make sure he's okay as well, you know. Absolutely. I think for me, it forces me because I have a, a large dog that needs a lot of exercise. It forces me out of the house at least three times a day. And do I have the time? Right now I do. One thing I did didn't take into consideration is the amount of guilt I have when I do leave him at home. So I had to start, to, especially for the long work days, I had to start putting him in doggy daycare. So that's something mm. to, to take into consideration too when you, if you do work long hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that with the pandemic, um, a lot of people staying at home, I'm, I'm beginning to think that probably there might be a stronger bonding between pets and their owners because they are around the pets more. And uh, it, it just, I think it would just be natural for there to be a stronger bond. Oh, for sure. For That's sure. That's true, very true. Yeah, I think so. Oh. My I'm actually seeing articles on the internet now uh, where um, owners are, are concerned because they're going back to work physically, like, um, and uh, they're, they're concerned about the uh, separation anxiety that the pets will feel because they're so used to being around their owners. Yeah, probably even separation anxiety for the owners themselves. Mm -hmm. I know I don't really like, like before I could leave them alone and I would be fine with it. But now it's like even leaving them alone for an hour because I'm so used to being around him. It, it makes yeah. me like, be like, oh, do I really have to? I don't want to be the voice of negativity again, but to answer the, the question, um, I, I find it's um, maybe I just have a lot of pets. I do have six, but it's... Um, it's a great reason to get started in the morning. However, when I'm behind or my mental health is not well, it's hard to keep up with sometimes. Um, um, it's surprising how much upkeep there is with guinea pigs. Uh, I change their bedding twice a day. They need laundry of their bedding. They need well, of course, food and everything, but um, small pets often get the reputation of being, you know, the kind of easy pet for kids. And sometimes it's, it's a lot of work too. Okay. Any more comments on that or should we move on to the next question? What is your favorite thing about your pet? I'll, I'll go ahead. Uh, the one thing is uh, because I don't see um, the dog that we dog sit very often, um, it's just meeting the Rossi. And uh, if I'm working a particular night, when I get home, even if it's one o'clock, 
you know, Rossi will dart out and you know, immediately he just, oh, glad to see you. It's just, uh-huh. that, it's just that, you know, when you come home, that the, this dog is just really happy to see you. Uh, that's a great feeling. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anybody else? Favorite thing about your uh, pet? I know there's lots, Winston, probably. Winston loves to cuddle me and sit on my lap and need me. He does. And Oh yeah, he talks too. <laughs> That's my favorite. It's favorite. really difficult to choose one thing. <laughs> um, yeah, but you can throw out a few few things. I'm sure we're not militant around here about which you have to have one thing. Um, I think Spike's personality. Uh, he's strong-willed and uh, has a very uh, distinctive personality. It's not funny, but. Uh, I really admire that he doesn't have mental health issues. <laughs> it's like, you know, I think there was a once or twice in his life that he seemed a little depressed for a day. And I, and so I love his fighting spirit uh, because, you know, the vet says he doesn't know how he's still alive. Huh. Yeah, I think Diana Spike was sick for a while or his back was hurting. Um, his back still hurt. Yeah. yeah. Yes, spinal issues. Yeah. His attitude about it is probably better than most people's would be. Well, he's, yeah, and he's like inspiring because it's like he's a fighter. My favorite thing is in the morning, um, Sibian people are so excited that I get out of bed and they're, and I say, good morning, pom poms. And they, so he spins around and people dances on his back feet and they're just so happy. Yay, it's morning. And then we go outside and uh, after I sit on the couch for a little while and Pico jumps up and, and snuggles into me and gives me his tummy. It's my favorite time. Yeah, I love it when they lie on their backs and expose their bellies. It's nothing like it's just oh it's so cute ready to move on to the next question sure yeah. how has your life changed since having your pet how has it not changed that's that's a bigger question if i didn't have my cat i don't know what i'd do actually because he's just my my kid i call him my cat and uh, it's always when i was working it was always someone to come home to. And like I said, he would rub his go crazy on the floor and, you know, kind of thing. But uh, if I didn't have him, I don't know what I'd do, actually, honestly. Yeah, I think you hit it on the nail there. Like, I, I feel the exact same way. Like, I really don't know what I would do if I didn't have my dog. Like, mm-hmm. where did I spend all that time before? What did I do with all that time before? That was some really good conversations. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're that. at 148 already. Yeah. It's easy to talk great. about pets forever. Yes, I, I could, that's for sure. <laughs> You are listening to Radio Totally Normal Toronto on CJRU 1280 AM and CJRU.ca in Toronto. Thanks for tuning in. We just listened to a roundtable discussion with members and staff of Progress Bikes. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you found that conversation engaging and informative.
taking care of a pet isn't a perfect feat. Cats, dogs, pets alike all face their own challenges. Taken from the Companion Paws website, and I quote, Med medical studies have confirmed what we all know from experience. Spending time with an affectionate pet makes us feel better. In fact, contact with a compassionate animal can significantly improve mental and physical health, as well as reduce stress, depression, and anxiety. A pet can make a huge difference in your life. This leads us to our next segment, which features Leanne Weber, the CEO of Lifeline Canada Foundation and the Companion Paws Program. Companion Paws is a program based in British Columbia that focuses on supporting Canadians and giving a second chance to pets in rescue through the Companion Paws Personal Therapy Dog Adoption Program. This program is available in all provinces in Canada. We are so thankful to be able to speak with Leanne this month. We hope you enjoy the interview featuring Mark and Richard of our TNT. Hi, my name is Mark. I am a member of Progress Place. Yep, and I'm Richard, uh, staff of Progress Place, and we are both from RTNT, Radio Totally Normal Toronto. And today we will be talking to Leanne Weber, who is a CEO of the Lifeline Canada Foundation, an organization that is dedicated to positive mental health and suicide prevention. The Companion Pause Program is an important part of the Lifeline Canada Foundation. Um, our focus today will be on discussing the Companion Pause Program. Hello, Leanne. Hello, Welcome. nice to meet you guys. And thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to talk with you this morning about something I'm very passionate about. Oh, uh, it's, it's great to have you because we had a little round table talk about dogs and mental health last week and it was, the time flew. So everyone's interested in dogs and dogs therapy. So mm -hmm. it's a very popular topic uh, <laughs> at Progress Place. So I'll, I'll, start in, I'll start in on the questions. First question is, um, how did the Lifeline Canada Foundation come about creating their programs around positive mental health initiatives, such as the Lifeline website and the Lifeline mobile app? Um, well, thank you for that question. I'll, I'll go back and I'll give you some details. Um, my journey started in 2012, uh, when within five months of each other, I lost two friends to suicide. Four months after the first suicide, I was starting to pick up emotionally and move forward. Then the second suicide, I spiraled into very deep sadness. The tears and pain would not stop. It was a physical pain. It's a very windy road to healing. And the pain does not go away. It only changes the shape. Mm -hmm. And through my grief, I researched absolutely everything I could related to suicide. I was never suicidal. I just wanted to find answers. Education was very therapeutic for me. I read hundreds upon hundreds of articles, studies, forums, crisis intervention, and so on. There were no real answers, but I still needed to understand for myself. While I continued reading everything, I could for months after the second suicide, there are several things that I recognized. First thing was that I knew I had to have some type of understanding of why they took their lives. What I believe and tell myself every day is that during their distorted mental state, they actually believed that everyone was better off without them. They were wrong, of course, and the pain now lives with their loved ones left behind for a lifetime. It was extremely difficult to navigate through the web, 
to find the most credible resources, guidance, crisis centers, awareness, education, tools, and services. It was the dawn of the app age. And if my son and I had an idea, we would look up to see if the app had been created. I looked up a suicide prevention app. And one month earlier, a gentleman in Ireland launched a small app that connects to their local crisis center. That's all it took for me to know that what I wanted to do can be done. I picked up the phone, made a phone call to an app developer. I learned, built, and launched the Lifeline app in November 2013. The app was developed through dedication to helping others who have been affected by suicide as a centralized tool to access and connect with accredited resources in Canada and worldwide. The Lifeline Canada Foundation was then incorporated as a nonprofit in August of 2015 to extend further initiatives, including the full and complete website, as well as Companion Pods. And as you mentioned, Companion Pods is a very important part of the Lifeline Canada Foundation, and it brings proven and effective therapy for self-management along with their doctor's treatment plan. That's, that's, a, that's a long road. Uh, second question, uh, what are the services provided by Companion Paws Canada? Well, we offer an adoption program as well as a certify your own dog program. So the adoption program is for both personal and assisted therapy dogs. Um, I'll let you know the three different kinds of, of therapy dogs that we do have in our program. And it's personal therapy dogs, which is another word for emotional support dog for themselves for their own benefits and mental well-being then we have assisted therapy dogs and those dogs are for teachers and counselors and educators um, that would bring their certified dog to work with them to help their students and clients and patients and then we have visiting therapy dogs which is what is very common across the country and those are uh, dogs that are certified with their handler and they are brought to places like hospitals or schools or events um, to help uh, the public with their mental well-being and giving them a little bit of emotional support. And so within our adoption program, we, we will facilitate an adoption. We do a full temperament assessment for personal and assisted therapy dogs. And then we place them with their handler and they go through training, which we can go through a little bit after. The Certify Your Own Dog program is where individuals who already have their own dog bring their dog and register to have a temperament assessment to see if their dog is fully trained and suitable for our program. And if they are, they are then able to move on and register for the certification part of the program and they will end up going through every step of the process, which would include skills training and second temperament assessments, final evaluations. And then of course, everybody who gets certified in companion pause, no matter what program they are in, they will renew annually and will have to reevaluate at the same time to keep their certification up to date. Okay. Um, how does mental health play into the relationship with the different therapy dogs? The mental health benefits of a dog have been proven by many scientific studies. Therapy dogs help with depression, anxiety, and stress. In addition, they provide companionship and ease loneliness. Moreover, therapy dogs bring us joy and unconditional love. Companion paws therapy dogs are trained and tested in therapy, companion obedience. 
Interaction with a therapy pet provides therapeutic, motivational, educational, and recreational benefits to enhance quality of life. Therapy dogs provide help to people with a variety of noticeable and not so noticeable mental and emotional disabilities. These can include stress, depression, anxiety, personality disorders, social anxiety disorders, and much more. Okay, um, how does taking part in companion paws and similar programs produce positive outcomes besides improved mental health? Well, these benefits include calming and relaxing, lower anxiety, alleviating loneliness, enhancing social engagement and interaction, increased exercise, normalizing heart rate and blood pressure, reducing pain, reducing stress, reducing depression, reducing medications, and increasing pleasure. Yeah, definitely. What is the process and criteria of, a, uh, of adopting a personal therapy dog? Within our program, there are several steps that they have to follow. So first, they have to uh, complete the extensive application that we have online. Uh, and when they submit the application, we require a letter from their mental health treatment provider um, that uh, supports a therapy dog for their client. After they have an application submitted to us, then they will have an interview with our adoption coordinator to go through the whole program process, answer any questions, um, and make sure that they are suitable for our program. Once they get through that step with our adoption coordinator, they then will be scheduled for an intake call with our companion pause counselor. And then from there, once they finish the intake, they will be scheduled for a call with our training manager, which then after that, we will ascertain the right match for the applicant um, and add them onto the search list. Mm, quite a bit. Um, when providing a therapy dog, uh, what uh, do you take into consideration from the owner? Well, they must be working with a registered mental health treatment provider. That is mandatory for uh, our program. They must be able to self-manage, have a safe environment, are dedicated and committed to the required training and full companion pause process, are able to 100% care for the dog, and can financially support the dog through its lifetime. Okay. Um, with loneliness and isolation, being as pervasive as ever, um, has there been an increased demand for therapy dogs after the start of the pandemic? Yes, there has been an increase in demand for our companion pause adoption program, although we're not 100% sure if it has to do with the pandemic um, because our program is newer and people are just starting to get to know that our program exists. Um, therefore, we do have an increase but it's also because we are uh, becoming much more well-known. Although not through companion paws, many families love the support of a companion dog for emotional support. And people all across the country through the whole pandemic have been adopting dogs. We do believe all dogs are emotional support. Most are just freelancing mm -hmm. and ours are certified. Okay. <laughs> we, read, uh, we read from the website that therapy pets do not share the public access rights granted to service pets and may be denied admittance to public places. Uh, why do you think that is? And do you think this could change? It's such a tough question, but 
we definitely have the answers to this. You know, I would love to see this changed. And there are organizations who have been fighting for the changes for 20 years. The government has not seen it as a priority. Therefore, there is no movement on effective changes to the industry. Unfortunately, there are no regulations within the dog industry in Canada. So that includes trainers and rescues, anybody involved uh, in the dog industry. There are no regulations and therefore you have to really watch what is going on uh, with any of the professionals that you are working with. Why are not emotional support dogs being allowed into public places by law would be would have a lot to do with that. We do not have an effective testing laid out that is a federal test like service dogs have. And therefore, if these emotional support dogs are not trained like companion paws dogs are trained, things happen. For example, uh, a dog will bite somebody, get anxious, growl. Um, These are the reasons that we have seen airlines start to ban emotional support dogs on planes because right now with emotional support dogs they're only requiring in some of these provinces that you have a letter from a a mental health treatment provider you are able to go and purchase that online you are also able to go and purchase these vests and id cards online and therefore this causes a big issue because emotional support dogs are not required to be trained to be an emotional support dog by law However, service dogs are required to go through a full public access test. In BC, you go through the Justice Institute for 40 uh, tests to be able to pass and be able to go into all public places, including restaurants. Again, I believe the largest issue is that there is an immense amount of fraud out there with people claiming their dogs are service dogs or emotional support dogs when they are not. You're able to order these ID cards and vest directly from these fake registry websites without any testing. It's terrible for the individuals who have true service or emotional support dogs um, that require that support. And it's the main reason we use the term personal therapy dog versus emotional support dog to separate ourselves from that fraud. If we wanted to get an initiative for change in regards to uh, regulations, uh, what would be the best way to for us to engage our communities and, and spread awareness about, you know, the, the right course of action um, to, um, you know, providing um, personal therapy dogs an opportunity to, to be, you know, recognized federally as mm-hmm. something um, that, that's important for uh, a day-to-day user. Absolutely. And this is one of the things that we are hoping for. And so we are in support of the organizations that have been working for 20 years to try and have the governments recognize even service dogs um, in a more federal manner, um, as each province has individual rules uh, for their service dogs. And what is happening is as we have connected with them several years ago, uh, so that that way, as they move forward, and hopefully the government will start to take initiative and find it a priority. We will be piggybacking on to them for our personal therapy dogs and hope that they will also be recognized within that form. And even if we have to do some additional testing, we are absolutely willing and just hoping that uh, they will hopefully support uh, the organizations that have been pushing for this for almost 20 years, if not more. Yeah, that, thank you for that. It's uh, it really is something 
that it, I find is very important, you know, being able to connect with, you know, local government and federal government and hopefully you know, sharing uh, how many positive effects really come from uh, the ability to have own a personal therapy dog. Uh, mm-hmm. as it's something that, uh, you know, I, I remember now near the beginning of the pandemic, we, I've seen a lot of articles around, you know, we're experiencing almost like a, another type of pandemic or whether it's through, you know, mental health or, or through, um, misinformation on whatever it may be, you know, having another emotional creature around a pet to be able to support one's mental health, I think it's a, it's a huge net positive. So hopefully that's something that we can bring to the forefront of everyone's brains uh, mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, there's, there, there's, there's something about dogs. I don't have a dog, but um, my mother and I dog sit. And on Sunday, I, um, I was kind of bummed out. I had uh, anxiety. I, I, I work uh, part-time jobs um, three nights a week. And uh, I it was regarding an incident and I was talking to my manager, but the, the dog that we were dog sitting was, was here on the Sunday and he was just, he was just lying beside me on the floor. It's almost like he sensed my anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was talking to my manager and I, you know, I was quite upset about something that happened the night before. And he was just, he was just right beside me. It was kind of odd, but uh, he, I, I can tell you when I get home from a shift, just to have the dog. Yeah. He's always happy to see me. We, we mm-hmm. get him maybe uh, a weekend every month. And when I come home from work, just to have him there, and he's just very happy to see me. Um, he always gets a snack when I come in, but. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing like walking in the door and being welcomed by a dog. Yeah. There's nothing like it. They don't care who you are, where you come from, anything except that you're there and they're just so happy to see you. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly lifts my mood. Mm-hmm. Just lifts all their moods. Exactly. Yeah. That's why we were so happy to spend that one night with uh, one of our companion paws dogs before they got placed yesterday. Slept in bed with me, was just an angel, an absolute sweetheart, little cuddle bum. And we loved it. <laughs> we miss her so much. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon, Leanne. Is there anything you'd like to add before we sign off? I just want to thank you again for thinking about us and wanting to share uh, our organization with your listeners. We focus on saving lives, changing lives, new developments, and what's work. And during these changing and challenging times, I just ask all your listeners to please check on your friends, family, and coworkers. Listen to them. Let them talk and be a great support. Let your friends and family know about the Lifeline Canada and please stay safe and well. Welcome back to Radio Totally Normal Toronto on CJRU 1280 AM and CJRU.ca. If you're looking for a community to be a part of your mental health recovery, please visit a clubhouse near you. Clubhouse International reaches over 100,000 people living with mental illness per year in 320 plus clubhouses in 34 countries. Please visit clubhouseinternational.org to find a clubhouse in your community. We would like to thank all those involved with this episode of Radio Totally Normal Toronto. Please check out the Lifeline Canada Foundation website and on the App Store. Thank you, Leanne Weber. A special thank you to our interviewers of RTNT.
thank you to all the members and staff of Purpose Place who work hard each month to create a recurring episode of Radio Totally Normal Toronto. Thank you to our listeners. Please share this episode with your friends and family. To learn more about RTNT or listen to previous episodes, please check out RadioTotallyNormalToronto.org. You can stream RTNT on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts if you search up Radio Totally Normal Toronto. If you'd like to learn more about Progress Play, you can visit ProgressPlace.org, follow us on social media at Progress Place Clubhouse on Instagram and Facebook, at Progress underscore Place on Twitter. Thanks again for listening to us and stay tuned for a new episode two months from now. For this month, we'll be listening to a band you may know by the name of the Wooden Sky. The song is called Child of the Valley. Check them out on YouTube on streaming or streaming services if you're interested in learning more and would like to support them. You were born a fair child of the valley Though at times felt you were tethered to the ground You're not a stone I came to know the names of all my neighbors Made a home in a valley of my own And I took a nightly audience with strangers Though not one could ever calm me down When I felt alone When I felt alone Flesh and bone Just flesh and bone been wondering if I had the strength to face it So if I found mercy, surely you can too Well, you're not a stone You're not a stone It's flesh and bone You hold the hand of one who named you Turn to me and said you must make these words your own 